reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. As Jesus was passing through a field of grain on the Sabbath, his disciples began to make a path while picking the heads of grain. At this, the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions were hungry? How he went into the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of offering that only the priest could lawfully eat and shared it with his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is why the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. focusing over the last week on our call as part of National Vocations Awareness Week. And in today's first reading, we see a powerful example of how the Lord calls. The prophet Samuel, obviously a good man having been called by the Lord, looked far too much by appearances, even though he was afraid that Saul might kill him if he went and anointed somebody else to be Saul's successor. He was grieving for Saul, even though the Lord had rejected him. Saul was, as we saw last week, a person very tall, handsome, strong. He's a person with the good appearance of a king. The problem was his heart was far from the Lord. And as Jesus would say later in the Gospel, it's out of the heart that flows lots of deeds of wickedness as we would see develop over the course of time with Saul. And so the Lord said, Go, and I will show you whom you are to anoint. So he went to Jesse's household. What did we see? Eliab came. And Samuel, looking at the appearances, said, Surely the Lord's anointed is here. But the Lord said in response, Do not judge from appearance or from lofty stature. Not as man sees does God see because he sees the appearance but the Lord looks into the heart Saul's heart was far from the Lord Eliab's was not the heart that the Lord was looking for so they go on through all of Jesse's sons until there was the call for David who wasn't present even though he was ruddy even though he was youthful even though he was probably full of dirt as the shepherd caring for the sheep the Lord said, there, anoint him, for this is he. The Lord was able to see something in David's heart. Unfortunately, it wasn't a totally pure heart. We know that David's heart would be capable of giving into lust for Bathsheba, capable of giving into even homicidal thoughts in order to be able to cover up his crime. But there was something about David which was totally different than Saul. Whenever Saul didn't do what the Lord wanted, as we saw in yesterday's first reading, what was his response? His response was not repentance. His response was excuses. No, 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 no. I, I know that the Lord said that we shouldn't take any spoils at all, but we took the spoils in order to have a holocaust for the Lord. No sorrow whatsoever. I was right all along. 
He was making excuses. He was dissimulating. When David was caught and Nathan brought news to him, David wept like crazy. He was capable of this type of repentance. Jesus is the son of David, and his whole morality that we get in the Sermon on the Mount, especially in the Beatitudes, was to transform our way of looking at action from something that focused merely on our external activities to the heart, was focused not just on the fruit, but on the tree. He said, for example, you've heard that it was said you shouldn't commit adultery, but I say whoever looks on a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. He would say, you shall not kill. That's what you had heard before. But I say to you, basically whoever looks on his brother or sister with anger or hatred will be liable to the fires of Gehenna. The Lord is really focused on the transformation of our heart so that it might be a heart that repents, might be a heart that loves, might be a heart that has true courage, might it, so that it would be a heart that would be able to be poured out for others. In the scene in today's gospel, Jesus is essentially pointing out to the goodness of David's heart and the priority of that heart in the scene in the temple. The Pharisees, again, were just looking at external actions. You weren't supposed to do any work at all on the Sabbath. And even to pick a head of grain was itself work and would violate God's law because God's law, they thought, was such that God would prefer you to starve than to do any work at all, even to feed yourself or to feed others. As if that's the way God wanted to be honored, by our starving ourselves. David, Jesus cited, went in even to the temple and took the showbread that was made just for the priests. He wasn't doing it stealing. He wasn't doing it presumptuously. He was doing it because he, through his heart, was able to see what the real purpose was. He was looking not just at the appearance of the Mosaic law, but at its real meaning. So for us, as we come forward today, it's a real summons for us to look at our own heart, not just at the appearances. So often there is a disparity between the way we behave and what we're thinking on the inside. We may have lots of negative thoughts towards somebody, but when the person comes on in, we're all smiles, that there is a hypocrisy between our heart and our actions. The Lord wants to transform that heart. That's why he came. He wants to pour out the Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we might cry out, Abba, Father. He wants to renew our hearts to be more and more like the Blessed Virgin Mary. But we must want it too. Just as much as the Lord called David, despite appearances to the contrary, so he has called us. There's that beautiful passage in St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians about how when God called us to be his followers, he didn't choose those who are wise in the world. He didn't choose those who were strong. He didn't choose those of noble birth or good appearance. He chose the least so that by us he might shame the strong. This is our calling. The Lord has seen our hearts. He knows that they're capable for good. 
He transformed them in baptism by taking out our hearts of stone and giving us a real heart of flesh, a heart that's capable of loving like his. We need to work to keep that heart, the type of heart of which God would approve. He gives us the sacrament of confession. He gives us prayer in which we're able to return once more each day, each minute, to what our heart really seeks, as Jesus said on Sunday. What are you seeking? The Lord wants to help us through prayer to seek him over and over again. He wants us to use that heart to have true compassion for others, to mourn for them so that we might be comforted and they might be comforted. Today we celebrate the feast of St. Anthony of the Desert, who had this type of heart. As a young man who was pretty wealthy, he heard the gospel saying, if you wish to be perfect, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and then come follow me. And he took that very literally, much like St. Francis would 900 years later. And he lived out in that desert, serving the Lord, for whom his heart burned. He didn't stay out there to escape. He stayed out there for the Lord. And when the Lord needed him to return during times of persecution to help the others who were tempted with death under the Emperor Maxentius, he strove to help them to take heart. At the end of his life, there was a meeting with the other great Aramedico monk whose name was St. Paul the Hermit. And as they met and as they were sharing their experience with the Lord, the Lord knew that they would both be hungry. So he sent a raven to bring them food, essentially, from heaven, miraculously. Today the Lord's not going to send a raven, but he knows that we're hungry. Instead, he's going to send his son.